just want to stay in this moment a little longer. Father God, I encourage you this morning, why don't you just, uh, I'm not going to throw the lyrics on the screen yet, but why don't you just start thanking God. Maybe you can thank him for having family time over Christmas. Maybe you can thank him for that check in the mail. Maybe you can thank him for building a strong relationship, strengthening relationships. You get to thank him for things that you desire to see in your life. Where things are weak, begin thanking him for strength coming. Where things are difficult, begin thanking him for things becoming easier. Let us lift our voices in one accord in this place. Let this be a place where God knows he is honored, where God knows he is glorified, where God knows that this is the center and the core of our hearts is to desire him, to seek after him, to love him. Holy Spirit. There's a story uh, in Judges of a man named Samson. You may have heard it before. He was a, a judge in olden days. I'm going to get my book open. He's a judge in olden days, and, and you know him probably classically for his story of Delilah and his, his handsome long locks of hair. And there's, a, there's a sentence that I find in my Bible that I've circled over and over, starred and crossed and this and that, and it always shocks me whenever I think about uh, the story of Samson. And the, the verse says this. It's after Samson had been um, tempted and he had given up to this woman who was never supposed to be with in the first place. And he'd given away the secret that God said never to cut his hair. And, and, and here he is. He's, he's gotten up and she's actually gotten the secret. She's cut his hair and it says they got up to, to go after the Philistines. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. It's a terrifying verse. It's not pleasant. There's nothing comforting in this verse. Every time I read it, I get terrified. I get concerned and I get worried. And I always think anytime I, I have the opportunity to stand on this platform, I always am concerned and always, always conscious that I want to make sure that the anointing of God is on me that the presence of God is with us. Every service that we have, that the presence of God is with us because it's so easy for us to not recognize. What I love is further on, Samson fails miserably. Like the, the biggest fail. But it's written here, then Samson called to the Lord saying, oh Lord God, remember me, I pray. 
Strengthen me, I pray, just this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. God is a gracious God. It doesn't matter if even he has given us these strict conditions, these strict situations, and said, this is how you are to proceed. You are, you are Samson, never cut your hair. But even when you fail, when we call upon the name of the Lord, he will be there for us. When we call upon the name of the Lord, his presence will overwhelm us because his grace is abundant. His grace is sufficient. His grace is more than we can imagine. And I just, I just feel this this morning. I just feel like, well, maybe it's because it's the close of the year or maybe because it's got nothing to do with my message. I don't know. But I just feel like we want to we dwell on this for a moment. It doesn't matter what 2015 has felt like. It doesn't matter if you've had the biggest fail. God is still a gracious God. God is still a gracious God. And He can still redeem situations that He shouldn't. I want the band to sing that, that bridge again. I'd love to sing that with you before we move on. And
God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your overwhelming love. Be honored in this place, in everything that we do. When there's many of us, when there's few of us, God, let you be honored amongst us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, why don't you grab a, a seat? Band, you can disappear. Drop open the uh, escape hatches in the floor. Drop down. I have too many things on this all the time. How many have had a, a, a good Christmas? An okay Christmas? Mediocre Christmas? I see a, a few missing sick bodies this morning. Oh, I can, I guess. I don't care. It's all the same to me. I have to hold it all in my right arm anyways. How many have big plans for the new year? How many have made New Year's resolutions? So other than those who said boo, how many of those have made New Year's resolutions? Anyone? No one? I don't even think about New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolution. Eli will sleep more. I, made, I have made New Year's resolutions for Eli. No, that's not true. Um, oh, awesome. There's a timer up there. Everything is going smooth as. This is wonderful. Uh, I, I had a good Christmas. Thanks for asking. <coughs> Uh, I actually, I really enjoyed, one thing that I enjoyed about Christmas this year, and I told someone this earlier, uh, but Kimberly and I, we have not had a Christmas yet where we've had celebrated Christmas in the same town as we lived, but separately from our house. How do I say that? So we had Christmas celebrations at my parents, but what was nice is I could leave and go home. (laughs) I could go home and just be like, okay, there's no one here. I'm going to watch the Avengers. <laughs> this was, except for Kimberly made me turn off the Avengers multiple times for other things. I, I, I told her also that she ruined Christmas. <laughs> I have these go-to phrases with Kimberly. It's, it's annoying for her, but I find it really funny. And I go, anytime she asks me to do something that I don't want to, I'm like, you're ruining my day. Just so you know. You're ruining Christmas. You're ruining... I don't need this either. She doesn't appreciate it that much. How many of you know that, uh, that this, um, which, what do I need? I need this one. Sorry. Uh, how many of you know that it not only has been Christmas season, but there has been another season upon us recently? Anyone? I was doing research on this. Hey? No. Ski season. I don't, these legs don't ski. <clears throat> no, it's Star Wars season. You've seen it twice? Wow. In Calgary and here? Or Calgary and twice in Calgary. Why twice? Why not? <laughs> How many of you have seen Star Wars? Any of them? Any of them? Not necessarily the new one. It hasn't come to Revelstoke yet. All of them? Everyone's seen all of them? No? You've ne- Who hasn't seen any Star Wars ever? Okay. Myrna, this message might not be relevant for you then. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, I, I have been wanting to do a series. Um, so for the next three weeks, we're going to be starting a series that I have titled The Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. 
I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about this, I do have to say. Um, I am actually pretty excited about this. I, I, I have so many more titles than I have messages, so, <laughs> so we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. But over the next three weeks, we're going to be do, doing a series called The Force Awakens, and it'll be somewhat connected to Star Wars and other ways not connected at all. <laughs> but I was doing some research yesterday, uh, yesterday or the day before for my message, and I found this meme, and happy he's not there, so I'm assuming Nathan's going to throw it up for me. Um, hopefully this doesn't offend anyone. But this was, this was memes, how to use Star, your, Star Wars quotes in your real life or something like that. So here's, uh, this is how you use it at church. And I thought, oh, well, that's just relevant to me. So this guy, he comes and he's talking to the priest. After Denise and I broke up, I really started to question things, you know. I prayed, I begged God to give me perspective, to give me just an ounce of peace, but it doesn't hurt any less. How can I know if he's even listening? And the priest, in good um, um, fashion, uses a Star Wars quote, I find your lack of faith disturbing. And then he's like, wow, I'm, I'm sorry. That was super unhelpful and honestly kind of irreverent of me. But for real, your reward shall be in heaven. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. It has nothing to do with my message, but it was Star Wars and it was church, so I thought that was relevant and hopefully not too offensive. Um, uh, but I've titled this message uh, today, um, Spoiler Alert. Now... I do have to give you another alert that there are no spoilers to The Force Awakens in this message, because I have not seen it. <laughs> um, but has anyone heard the term spoiler alert? Some? I've seen it everywhere. It's like actually a term now. It goes at the top of blog posts, to the top of newspaper posts, that basically what it means is it's, it's a warning for everyone. It's there will be spoilers in this article. So it warns you to say, if you don't want a spoiler, stop reading now. It's sort of like the 18A ratings on things. It's like, this is going to be 18A. If you don't want 18A, stop. Or I should have used a different rating, shouldn't I? G. If you don't want, no. I don't know. Um, but I've titled this spoiler alert. And I, I was, as I was, I woke up this morning, I thought, oh, I should just do a whole new series on spoiler alert. Because Christianity is full of spoiler alerts. Like the Bible is full of spoiler alerts. No? Everyone? Yeah? A few people have read their Bible. It's good. Um, uh, I'm going to keep this pretty short because that worship time was long and amazing. Man, that was phenomenal. The worship team has been doing really, really great. We really appreciate that. We appreciate skilled musicians who give up their time regularly. Um, I'm going to keep this short, and, and it'll be good. So I'm going to look at a verse, um, firstly here, in Galatians 6, verse 9. And then we'll pray. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Why don't you close your eyes? I'm going to pray. Father God, I thank you for this time together. I pray right now that you stay with us, be with us, speak to us, encounter us this morning. God, we are honored that we get to spend time with you. We are honored that we get to be your servants, that we get to be with you. God, we just thank you for this time together. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. So the Bible is full of spoiler alerts, or as I learned it in English class, which I didn't do very well at, foreshadowing. 
Spoiler alert, it just sounds so much cooler. Um, there's something that's, that's sort of an interesting concept uh, in, in the Bible, and you sort of have to read it it's an in, in its entirety to sort of figure it out in some ways. Um, and, and it's the idea that, that we're Christians, or that we become Christians, and that we win in the end. And you read through all of these, these books of the Bible, you read through all these stories of the, in the Bible, and there seems to be um, this flux uh, between evil and good and, and, and these sort of things. And, and as I've grown up and as I've started to encounter more of the Word of God, I've, I've realized that some of my beliefs maybe before weren't as true as I, I thought they were, where we have this picture sometimes of, of the devil and God being equal powers, like they're in a boxing match, and then it's just sort of, oh, he won this round, and now... But if you read through the story, uh, if you read through the Bible, and you read through it in, in the context of the Scripture together, you sort of realize that, that it's sort of like um, the devil being an ant and God being the boxer. Like this is actually more comparable in size, scale, and, and how that goes. And it does make us question definitely how, how God can be so powerful, so, so great, and yet still bad things happen. But at the end, when we read it through, it's sort of this funny thing that we, we recognize that things might be going bad now, but in the end, it all turns to good. In the end, God wins. In the end, we overcome. In the end, these are the solutions. And I, I, I love that concept. It's an unfortunate thing I find with movies that when the movie starts, you sort of think, oh, well, the good guy's going to win. You sort of know how it ends, except for Star Wars. I don't, I don't know how it ends. I'm just making sure I'm not giving you spoilers. Um, but this, is, this has brought me to an interesting um, thought or, or idea. So, so if, we can believe, if we can believe that in the end we win, quote unquote, we win, what does that mean for us now? And I was sort of spurred on a little bit by Kimberly's message last week where she was talking about first things first. Keep God first things first. And she gave a great explanation of, of what that means, of what our purpose on life is. Our purpose on life is to put God first, right? And, and I've, uh, uh, I've sort of been interested in this idea of, okay, if we win in the end, what do we do now? And I, I, I find that when Eli was born and now maybe having another kid, I go through sort of semi-internal life crises. <laughs> I don't know why, but I do. <laughs> I just don't tell anyone about it. I just cry in the corner. Um, but I've sort of been interested in this idea, and, and it made me think about this. So we, we recently moved in, into a house, and, and I was doing uh, a renovation recently, <clears throat> and uh, I had to put in flooring. So Revelstoke is full of older houses and new houses, but older houses is, is where we are now. I know lots of people in here are construction workers, and lots of people do renovations. And I find it interesting, every time I go to do something, um, how much you discover someone else didn't do. <laughs> how many things you're like, so I decided one day that we were going to rip up this carpet and put down new flooring. What I didn't realize when I decided to do that was that after I ripped up the carpet, there would be another layer of carpet. And then after I ripped up that carpet, there would be what are probably asbestos tiles <laughs> underneath it. It did make me understand why the floor was rotten <laughs> with all of those layers underneath it. 
And uh, I, uh, I proceed. So I, I don't like to do things wrong. So it's as, as much as some people are sort of okay with, okay, let's cover it up and just do it. I just, it hurts me inside to do it. And it hurts me when I look at it and realize this is getting more expensive. But you pull up the carpet and then you make the decision, okay, let's pull up the other level. And then, okay, these tiles, well, so I start scraping <laughs> and scraping. And two days later, maybe, <laughs> it took, and the tiles are up. And then you're replacing floorboards and then you're replacing these. And then, then suddenly you get to this, this level. And, and, and then I proceeded, I was painting in the same unit. So I, I decided that I'd paint. And uh, uh, the lovely Tammy Murray, who isn't here this morning, she is my, my paint guru. Any paint question, she gets a text. Um, she gets a lot more text when I'm painting than when I'm not. And uh, so you know you have to, with oil paint or latex paint, it sort of matters. So I test them, and I find, okay, these, wall, these three walls are oil. These two walls are latex or something like that. And these two walls are wallpaper. So I pull off this wallpaper. And while I pull off the wallpaper, paint starts coming off with the wallpaper. Like, That's weird. I'm like, this is great. And then I real what I realize after ex uh, uh, searching this out and, and trying to figure out what that actually meant is that someone had not done the prep job on oil paint. They just painted latex paint on it. So it just came off with it. Now here I am again in the same situation feeling like, OK, can I just paint right over it? Is that good? But no, you have to sand it and scrape it, and then prime it, and then paint it. That rhyme, that was very Dr. Seuss of me. <laughs> and I, I get frustrated in this, but I also at the same time realize and recognize that, okay, if it's going to be done right, and maybe this is what I understand is, if I do it wrong, I'm actually going to be the person who has to deal with it again later. <laughs> I now live here, and if I do it wrong now, in three years when the paint scrapes off, I'll have to do it again. It might take longer now and, and less time later. But what I realize about this experience and, and what I'm recognizing about the Christian walk and, and the idea of, of, of we win and the idea of, in the end, God, God and us together, good things, is I realize that it takes a lot of patience is as much as I could just put some flooring over top of the carpet or something like that, it really, it really doesn't work out. And where some people can rush things and try and get through it, you end up finding, it's sort of like that story in the Bible about the word falling on good ground and bad ground and rocky ground and no ground, and how... People, they rush into and they look like big stars and they look like these great ideas of who the Christian faith is and they look like they've got it all together and all these things, but really all they did was put latex on oil. And when things start getting tough and when you start going deeper, you realize that they just pull apart. And what I realize and recognize about the Christian faith is that we have to get to the end. We talk about the idea of winning. We talk about the idea of God being an overcomer, God being a provider. And I love even just what Jasmine said when she was talking about the offering is, is you need to do it regularly to see the produce of it. You need to actually tithe to see the produce of how God can provide. So what I'm learning about the Christian walk and what I'm 
sort of, I have sort of four um, characteristics, we'll call them characteristics, of, of the Christian faith that I think is required or then, how do I say it? Things that matter if we think about the end in the idea of God being the overcomer is patience. <laughs> it's not going to be quick and easy. It's sort of like winning the lottery. It doesn't, or it's sort of not like winning the lottery. It doesn't work out as well when you quickly go in, but you actually have to be patient. Do the preparation. And then tied in with patience is endurance. They're sort of the same thing, but endurance sort of has a different connotation to it in the idea that patience sort of, I guess patience means to me you're waiting for something. Endurance means you're still going. And sometimes in our Christian walk, we're being patient, and sometimes we're enduring. I, uh, I talk about marathons a lot here because I just think they're absurd things for me to ever do, so that's why I talk about them. But I had this picture when I was thinking about endurance and, I, and the Christian walk and, and life and all of these things, and I, I, I often see stories or hear stories about, like, what are marathons supposed to take, about three and a half hours? Three and a half hours of running. Yikes. Um, so three and a half hours. But you often see these stories of these people who six hours, seven hours, eight hours. And it's not really that they won in the sake of uh, they were the first, the second. But there's something so encouraging, something so powerful, something so invigorating about the idea of enduring to the end. You might not have had the best time, but still, there is hundreds and thousands of people who have endured to the end of a marathon that have definitely done better than I have in a marathon. And just, I just think of this concept of, of the Christian walk, and I, I, I'm saddened and I'm encouraged. I'm saddened by the people who drop out, but I'm encouraged that to stay in the race is literally just to stay in the race. It's not to be the top, the best, the first, the, the this, the that, the that. When we need to remove some of those things from us, these requirements that we feel like we need to be the best Christian or the worst Christian. I find in Christian life, I find while I've watched people throughout church, the people who you think aren't going to last tend to last and the people who you think are going to last tend to drop out. It's sort of like when God chooses people, it might take them a long time to overcome certain issues in their life or certain barriers to the Christian faith, but they've made a commitment prior to getting in that they're willing to stick it through until the end. I, in school, wasn't a very good student. And there's a particular reason I was a bad student, other than probably laziness. <clears throat> but one particular reason I was a bad student is, um, by nature, I, I understand things pretty well and pretty quickly. So when a concept came, I generally didn't have to study very often to get a good mark. But what it meant is that if something didn't come easy, I didn't actually know what to do. I'd never learned how to work hard at something in school. 
and it's the same with the Christian life. When some things come easy, when a turmoil comes, you have to you have to get yourself around the people to realize, okay, when it's difficult, it doesn't mean it's time to leave. It means it's time to get persistent, patient, and endure. I, um, two other concepts. Patience and endurance are the first concepts that we need to finish well, to get to the end. Um, and then the second two I'll talk about here in a minute. I, uh, I'm looking for my other pitch. Kimberly and I have families, two different families, in fact. And we have had, or I have had the joy of um, integrating and and connecting with Kimberly's family. I really actually enjoy it. Um, And something I I really enjoy about uh, the times that we get to spend with her family, whatever levels or depth or or whatnot of it, is that, that my family sort of, thinks, we all have our own opinions, but I sort of know who's going to have what opinion. <laughs> you know who's going to be absurd and who's going to just poke a fight. You know what I mean? You, you sort of know these things. And, and Kimberly's family, because I didn't grow up in it, it's, it's not innate nature, I don't actually know how things work very well, <laughs> which goes good or bad. Um, but I, I, like, I like to watch, I'm just thinking about some bad situations in the back. <laughs> But I like to watch uh, the family scenario because one thing I really love about people who I don't understand or, or people that I don't have a ton of history with is, is they ask questions that other people don't, which means I have to answer questions that I may not have answered before. Or I might have to figure out the answer to things. I know we've talked a lot about what is C3 Church or what does our church do and how many times I've been asked that in the streets and thinking, okay, how do I answer these? Um, but something I love... Uh, is they ask different questions. And, and Kimberly has a, an auntie who's married to a gentleman who is technically not family, but long. Anyways, so we were, we were camping one day, and, he was, and we were talking, and he, he was a board member of a church for a long time. He, uh, he's still very connected with church. He was a pastor for a little bit of time, and we were talking about church, and, and they have different experiences. They were talking about how... Um, uh, they were talking about... Uh, who were they? They were talking about like the new generation versus the old generation and how that fit in and how we used to do church, how we do church now and these sort of concepts. And, and he's very friendly, really loving guy. And he often asks me about it because he, he can empathize with some of the things that we encounter. And, uh, and we were talking about it. And he was asking me how it was because Kimberly and I have the joy and privilege of serving under my parents here, Pastor Dave and Kim. And he was asking me about that and the challenges with that. And, and I said something, and I thought it was actually pretty good, what I said <laughs> at the time. And, and I was thinking about it, and, and it's something that I've had to conclude, because we love serving under Pastor Dave and Kim, but super difficult. <laughs> not because they're difficult people, not anything like that. Not, please don't get dishonor in what I'm saying. It's, it's just super difficult serving under family. And we get some pleasant trees because of it, and we get some unpleasant trees because of it. And, uh, and we were talking about this, and I have had to battle in my mind and in my spirit, I have had to battle what it means to serve my parents for years. And, and I've had conversations with people who have their own opinions and, and this and that, and I always, every once in a while I get, I get rubbed the wrong way. They're like, okay, well, you should just do this. And I'm like, ah, you just, you don't really get it. 
And other people say this, and I'm like, oh, well, but you don't understand this concept. And, uh, and something I said to this gentleman, he was asking about this, and, and this is what I've concluded about it, which I think is something we need to conclude in our Christian walk, is that I have to believe, and I've chosen to believe, that Kimberly and I serving under Pastor Dave and Kim, no matter how that happens, what that means, that that has to be the best outcome for us. We've had opportunities at times to, to go serve elsewhere or do other things, but in, in our spirits, we've always got restricted. We've always felt like, ah, oh, not really. And I, I, we, feel, we feel like until Pastor Dave and Kim also feel like it's time for us to re- be released, then it's not time for us to be released. Let me say that differently. If Kimberly and I feel like it's time to go somewhere else, but they say elsewise, we defer to them. And until they get a check, until they get a, a, a word from God that says that we're supposed to be elsewhere, we're here. And we're serving them. Because what I've realized about the Christian walk and what I, what I said to this person is it's the, same, it's the same thing to me as marriage. I have to believe and I have to be committed and I have to know that sticking with this woman, my wife here, is far better than jumping around. Do I know for sure? Well, I believe that the Word of God says that there's, there's strength in commitment, that there's strength in um, covenant, but you don't know the outcome until then. So the other things that I've realized are, are necessary in our Christian walk to get to the end is first, is, uh, so we've said patience and endurance is commitment and discipline. You have to make a decision before anything happens, good or bad, you have to make a decision what your decision is. It's so interesting. Like the, there's a, there's a, um, a scripture in the Word of God in, in Proverbs that says, those who think they stand should be careful not to fall. Because it's sort of this idea that if you're not decided of what you're going to do. If you're not decided before you ever get a choice, before anything ever happens, before you get offended, before a time on this or that changes, before something happens, you need to decide what your reaction is going to be. We've made a commitment that we've decided our reaction to Pastor Dave and Kim is, we're for you, whatever that means. And then with that is discipline. Proverbs um, 25, verse 28 says, A person without self-control is like a house with its doors and windows knocked out. Discipline. Nothing comes easy in the Christian life. Nothing comes easy, but it does come with discipline. Patience, endurance, commitment, and discipline gets us to the end. And in the end... God wins. That's all I have to say this morning. Why don't you close your eyes? I'm going to pray. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you, God, that we can lean on you for strength, for courage. Thank you, God, that you are good.
God, we pray right now that as we close up 2015, as we look on to 2016, as we close up the Christmas season, as these things change, God, that we look to you and step into your purposes. God, that just as that first verse that I read says, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. God, we pursue because we know there is a due season upon. There is a due season that will come. Be with us. Strengthen us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.